Have you ever wondered how a song is made? How it starts? What happens during the recording process? How does an idea become that beautiful three-minute thing you hear on the radio? My name is Emmeline, and in Journey of a Song, I take you on a tour of a musician's creative process, from the very first notes to the final, fully produced progression. As a singer-songwriter and an independent recording artist, I am intimately familiar with the magic of music creation, but I also know that each song has its own sacred story. Each week, I'll be talking to a different songwriter as they pull back the curtain on a favorite composition, beginning with the acoustic version of the song and ending with the final recorded product. In between, you'll hear a conversation about the inspiration behind the song, the decisions made in the recording booth, and the many ways in which music reflects and informs our emotions and our lives. This week, my guest is the traveling singer-songwriter Douglas Allen. A native of Oklahoma, Douglas has toured the U.S., collaborating with other artists and producers in music centers like Los Angeles and Nashville. In the summer of 2020, Douglas released a critically acclaimed cover of Bananarama's Cruel Summer. His new single, Wanna Be With You, embodies the sweetness and optimism he'd like to manifest in 2021. Welcome to Journey of a Song. My name is Emmeline, and I am so excited for this week's episode because I have with me the immensely talented Douglas Allen, who is going to be sharing with us his brand new single. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks and for I, having me. Of course. And I'm super excited because we are going to get to share with our audience your brand new song, Want to Be With You. Mm -hmm. And here's the acoustic version right now. Outside the bar Out in the street Kissing by the dogwood tree Seeing it close under the blooms Makes me want to be with you It's what I love the most The way you sway and move Makes me want to be with you see the future don't need a map cause I'm just loving you in the moments as they pass getting lost inside your eyes makes me want to be with you mm. 
wanna be with you. I wanna be with you. Yay! That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like we all live in this era where we play and then nothing happens. Yeah, it's been a, <laughs> it's been a weird year and a half of that. Yeah, I've done I've done several online shows and and every time you play, you're like, man, there's nobody. I mean, there's people here, but there's nobody here at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's a different kind of energy. You can see people in chat, which is exciting when there's a chat. Yeah, but it's always delayed. It's you're always like, did delayed. Any, did anybody like it? And then all the little hearts fly up or whatever happens, and you're like, yeah. Oh. Oh, thank God. Or you'll ask a question and then halfway through the song, you'll get an answer. And then like me, if you're me, you get distracted reading the thing and then you mess up the song in the middle of it. You're like, well, now I got to go back. Well, I got to start over. That's so funny. Although delay is sort of the theme for this song because you wrote it a while ago. Yeah, it's been a hot second. I wrote it back at the, the very end of 2016. And I sort of put it on the shelf for a while, both playing it live and, and obviously releasing it. But I started playing a lot of electric guitar the past couple of years and it sort of revived it for me. I'm like, oh, this is really, I like this. And I like playing it this way. I usually actually play it more electric now than acoustic. So it's fun to play it on the instrument I wrote it on. But yeah, it's it's been a minute since I since I wrote it and since I released it. I mean, well, I'm releasing it now, but or released it now, but, but since I wrote it, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's funny how songs can age. Yeah, I think I play it better now than I did when I f first wrote it. And even when I recorded it, I'm like, man, I, it's it's a it has its different vibe now, which I dig. But I love what we did. I, I the my producer that I worked on it with is he has such a great touch with everything he did. He he actually played the dobro on the song, and um, we sort of did the drums together. I mean, there was really really no drummer on that song. We just put it together. So yeah, it was it was the first song I recorded with him and we just sort of pieced it together and I was like, wow. And we did it in an afternoon and, and it came to life. It was that's really cool. That's amazing. So you recorded the whole song in an afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did. Um, I'm pretty sure we, we recorded that all in one day. So I, I went in the morning and at the, you know, the end of the afternoon we had we had a song. I think I always uh, think poorly about my guitars playing. And, but he actually said to me at that time, he's just like, you know, he's like, you're really, you're a very, you have a very good rhythm. And I guess I'm, I'm he's like, I'm probably not going to have to replace your guitar parts. <laughs> I was like, well, thank you. And then also <laughs> thank you for telling me. <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah. But then he, he ended up playing all the other like electric guitar and dobro and stuff on it. So it was a lot of fun. So it sounds like the riff with which it starts was sort of the foundation of the song around which everything else was built. Yeah, uh, it, it is. the. Uh, it's actually this little... Um, mm -hmm. And um, that came from... Well, I'm in, a, I'm in an alternate tuning. So my, my, my high E string and my low E string are both tuned uh, down to D. That came about because I um, I was hanging out with another musician in uh, in Oakland, California, and um, she really wanted to learn how to play um, "Long Ride Home" by Patty Griffin, mm -hmm. and and I could hear it, I could hear it in the song. I was like, oh, it's uh, I was like, that's not that's not standard tuning because once you play guitar for a while, you can sort of hear those weird things. Where you're like, oh, that's a different 
you know, tuning and I could hear that D that D that drop D and then and then I realized it was just oh it was just another just that high E that was tuned down to and so I was just, that's that you know if you're familiar with Long Ride Home you can hear that the uh the yeah you know that that whole thing and so that I was like oh this voicing. is yeah and and so but through that I just left my guitar in that tuning and then I one day I was just like I was like, that's really cool. So I, I started to, to build around that, that riff. And then, you know, uh, I don't know how, how it is with you when you write a song, but for me, I'm, I'm always, I'm terrified by choruses. It is scary. It's, I'm always like, oh, now, okay, I wrote this cool <laughs> verse and I have to write a chorus. And, um, and I remember watching a, a, a YouTube video f- from the president of ASCAP and he was talking about song forms and he's like, yeah, t- let's talk about AABA songs. And he's like, there's no chorus. And I, and I was like, boom, that's it. I just don't write a chorus to this song. So it took all the, the anxiety away because I was just like, I don't have to write a chorus. I'll just I'll just make this an AABA song and it'll be a bridge. That's so funny that you say that. So AABA, for those of you um, who are listening at home who maybe aren't as familiar with these song forms, are where you have like a verse that sounds in a certain way and mm-hmm. then another verse that sounds the same way and then the mm-hmm. beat section which sounds like something entirely different and then comes back to the a section so yep. a good example is um to make you feel my love by bob dylan is an yeah. aba and it's so funny that you mentioned that i am definitely the kind of songwriter who will write like 17 verses <laughs> and i'm like oh a chorus and so so my songs usually the verses i keep but i you know i wrote with my friend ethan for a really long time and he would tease me he would be like i don't like this course what else you got he's like i know you have more words <laughs> just throw them <laughs> at me and there's something to be said for that i mean you have to wait sometimes and it sounds mm-hmm. like you sort of had this riff and had to kind of wait to see what story it was going to tell yeah i well i was um i was seeing somebody at the time who was in who was an artist back in berkeley california and she had this studio apartment and i would I'd hang out there and she would, you know, be doing something and, and I would bring my guitar over and I would play. Sometimes she'd be doing art. She'd actually be like drawing or something. And um, that's sort of how I started to write this song. And it was inspired by, I always tell a story with when I play this song live. And um, that story usually says something to the effect of, you know, sometimes you go on a date and you never know how it's going until you're outside the bar making out <laughs> which the first two verses are sort of inspired by that that experience with somebody where where you know that person ended up being not being a great person <laughs> but <laughs> but as the old adage goes i got a song out of it <laughs> and um <laughs> um that i'm sure they're they're fantastic now it was just one of those things where like you don't know that person and then when you get to know that person you're like maybe that's maybe we're not maybe we're not a good thing but uh it was really you know wistful and so it was fun to write a romantic song which was at that time totally out of my wheelhouse and not a thing that i did i wrote a lot of sad i was writing a lot of sad stuff a lot of like in my feels stuff and i was like oh this is a this is a change of pace to write something so romantic and sweet. And so, yeah, that first verse was just, I, I thought want to be with you was a good 
tie up to the end of a verse and then and then of course um you get to the second version like what do i write and i was like well we danced in the kitchen once or twice that that kitchen dancing sounds fun and that oddly enough that is the that is the lyric which was a happy accident the what i get the most feedback on from people who are just like i love that kitchen dancing line I, th I think everybody's been there, right? Yeah, like it's Everybody's sweet. had that kind of carefree relationship at least once, even if to your point, it didn't last. Yeah. It's still something gold-tinged about that moment. Sure, absolutely. And, and for me, as a songwriter, like I want that to live on for people who hear it. Like I don't want them to think about my my experience i want them i want it totally to be their experience and i think it is it is a relatable experience and so that's what makes me so happy about it is that people are like yeah i feel that so that's cool when a, if a song is a snapshot of a feeling in a moment then it doesn't really matter how the relationship ended or started it's that yeah. moment that you're taking the picture of yeah i i totally agree with that i mean i have that for breakup songs too right it's just a moment I don't feel much. I don't. I don't feel any kind of feeling around it anymore. It's just like that's that's a moment. It's a snapshot. Yeah, there's a whole Sondheim song from Into the Woods where she talks about a moment in the woods. Yeah, and that's it, sort of what I think a breakup feels like. Is you know a moment in the woods. Yeah. Without a flashlight. <laughs> T or, totally. Or a compass or a tent where you're like, how are we getting out of here? <laughs> it feels way more dramatic in the moment than it then when you look back at it sometimes at least for me when i look back at some some of those past relationships you're like man i really got busted up about not much at all <laughs> but but it's you've captured in this song you know the sweetness of it starting and the sweetness of of sharing space with somebody mm -hmm. and how sometimes that can be the best part of a relationship is just being comfortable being in a space with someone Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think I look at all those experiences as lessons learned. Uh, I look back at, I, I think it's interesting to listen to this song now with my ears a few years later and, and, and whatever feelings I had around it, then I have a totally different set of feelings now. And that's, that's kind of cool to have waited for it because it has become sort of a new song to me. It's sweet and it gives me good feelings. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how it is for you, but so sometimes if I have a song that's like related to a, a strong emotion, even if the song's a positive thing that maybe if the, the situation was a negative emotion or something or a negative feeling, I shy away from that sometimes or shy away from playing that live. And I appreciate this song more now. Yeah. Have you had an opportunity to play it live since you released it? I put air quotes around live for those of you who aren't watching the video. <laughs> No, no. Uh, I mean, this is this is the this is it. This is my first time to play it live. We're the first live post, version. Yeah, post re post release. I've I've not played it live. I'm so honored. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me and letting yeah. me. Of course, it's so beautiful. I no, I was grooving. I was grooving to this all day. I love the riff. Thank you. And I love the riff because it feels easy in the same way that a really good relationship can feel easy. It's yeah. something that you just kind of settle into, you know, you're just a bit behind the beat. Like all of those, I'm not going to get too technical for our listeners, but all of those little slurs between the notes, all the little hammer-ons, mm -hmm. they, you know, they just kind of fall into each other in a way that feels easy. You know, I've never really thought about the actual riff sort of emulating that feeling, but that's really cool. So thanks. <laughs> Makes me feel way more profound than I really am. 
<laughs> I mean, but I think sometimes that's what happens, right? When we have a musical manifestation of a feeling is we don't really realize everything that we're putting into it. Mm -hmm. We just are. And then we look back later and we're like, oh, yeah, I guess that did kind of musically illustrate what I was yeah. feeling. But, you know, you and I were talking at the beginning about being a guitar player and getting to know your guitar. Mm -hmm. And I think in the same way, our instruments get to know us. Yeah, I'd say that's true. I've had this guitar now for 12 years. And it's, it's, uh, you know, needs some work. My, my G string, uh, if you want to make a joke out of that, it's fine. My G string is, uh, it's a little too, it's a little too deep in the, the groove and it, it buzzes and needs some work. But I know, I know how to avoid that when I play it because I've, <laughs> I've had it for so long yeah. and it, and I feel like it's sort of, I name all my instruments. Actually, all my guitars have names. This guitar is named Carolina. And I do feel like I, I don't give this guitar enough attention sometimes. I'm, I'm playing a lot more electric now, and sometimes she calls to me. So I felt really good to, 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 pick, up, to pick her up and play and take her out of the case. So. She's like, Douglas, <laughs> let's play me today. Come, come, yes. hold me and play me. <laughs> I am the right one for this. I am the right one. Yeah, it's funny. I, I really do think that our instruments learn us in the same way that we learn them. And you start to feel, I mean, you know, the grooves of our fingers find a place on the fingerboard. And you just, it's like pulling on a blanket on a winter night. You just know each other. That's deep. <laughs> That's what happens, Douglas, when you get two songwriters into a conversation. It's true. I Give like us, it. what, like 10 minutes and we'll get real profound for you. Yeah. Um, and then we'll make G-string jokes. <laughs> well, come on. That's always a joke you have to make as a guitar player. I taught at a camp called Camp Jam where I had 60 um, guitarists between the ages of 11 and 17. I was the only female counselor. And I cannot tell you how many teenage boys I had come up to me, hold up their guitar and be like, Miss Emily, do you want to touch my G-string? <laughs> no, for oh, so many reasons. Smooth. <laughs> I mean, there is no smoother age than 13. No, I mean, that's I peaked. That's... <laughs> oh, man. So you said the song hits differently now. Do you think it hits differently because it is infused with like other things that you've lived in the last four years? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I I think I'm, I'm a little bit older. I'm a little bit wiser, I hope, or I try to be. And I'm more the realist now in, in the way I look at relationships, r romantic or even just just friendship relationships where, you know, I, I care deeply. I'm, a, I'm a, a deep well of feelings and, and, and treasure my friends. And, but I feel like I was just a bit more melodramatic four years ago than I, than I am now, you know. I'm a lot less sad. That's a good thing. Yeah, I feel I feel good about it. I you know, I still like to write sad songs, but I don't feel sad, which is nice. And and I think I think that time 4 years ago was I was going through a whole different host of life situations than I am now. So it's I, it just looks and sounds different to me than it did. And it feels good. It feels good to release it. I think if I had released it, then it would have it would have been fine. But I don't. I don't think it would. I don't think I, it would feel the same as it does now. Yeah, there's there's something special too about giving a song away to an audience. Yeah. Well, I think last summer I released a cover of "Cruel Summer" by uh, Banana Rama because it, it felt really, <laughs> felt really appropriate for the time. And this year, what you're talking about 2020 uh, was a joyful no, it was, time for all. It was of us. so good. But this year, you know, I'm, 
I get my second vaccination shot tomorrow. That's awesome. And it feels like there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm cautiously optimistic. A love song feels like uh, it feels pretty appropriate for the time. Well, and I mean, even the phrase want to be with you means something totally different after <laughs> wow. a year of social distancing. You think I would have picked up on that myself, <laughs> but no, that was deep. You did it again. No, I really, I mean, I think it's funny, right? There, like there's so many things that we haven't had the opportunity to do over the course of the last year. Mm-hmm. And I think a love song does feel a little bit different because I mean, things that we took for granted before, I keep thinking about the way that we would like because I spend a lot of time in the theater. I love mm-hmm. theater. I love live theater. I love being on stage. I love being in the audience. Like there's no part. I love being in the pit and playing the instruments. There's no part yeah. of live theater that I don't enjoy. And I keep thinking about that moment where everybody else is in their seat and you're that jerk that had to get up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so you have to like make your way to your seat in the center of whatever column of seats you found. And you're brushing everybody's knees as you go past. Yeah. Which is kind of an intimate gesture. I mean, it's not often that you touch people's thighs in daily life. You, you, you shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> so many jokes. So many um, jokes. So many jokes I won't be making on air. But but yeah, there aren't that many moments when you would touch people, you think, in that intimate way. But there were all of these right. moments when we just right. intimately touched strangers. And then we'd say something like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know. Or excuse me. Or or even think about our lack of familiarity on how we even touch our own faces, you know, based on, bef- you know, pre-masks and now with masks. And you're like, wow, I touch my face way more than I thought I ever did. Yeah, there there is sort of an, you know, a lo- longing. Actually, my roommate uh, just a while ago, right, right before I joined you, uh, she said, I just did my first happy hour in a year over a year and she's fully vaccinated and went out with some friends fully vaccinated and really a safe smart situation that they were in but but i was just like and i had a moment where i was like oh man just a simple thing like that just sounds amazing yeah just a hug right like yeah hug your friends because i mean i'm from the south right i'm a hugger i'm a hugger too i know for sure it's one of the things that i appreciate about when we get to play song swaps (laughs) um but yeah there's there's something special about a hug and been a year without hugs mm. there's a song in that right <laughs> but i love this i love that you for a lot of people you've articulated that feeling of desiring closeness mm-hmm. whether it's romantic closeness or platonic closeness or just physical proximity because we haven't had that in a while it's a really beautiful thing to capture and you said something that i want to call back to which is you said that you and your producer pieced it together yeah. can you elaborate a little bit more for our listeners on what that means yeah well i mean i had recorded a, a record prior to this song and we did it we sort of did it live you know we played it live which means we all sat in different isolated rooms and played our parts together and you know there's something cool about that but it's also it's difficult because you're trying to get the best take that everybody does at the same time because everybody's playing together And this was intimidating for me because, you know, I had to sit down and play to a click, which I had done a little bit of, but hadn't done a ton of at that time and um, had to really like lay that down. And then and then I really learned, like, I still use those that idea of working with him of like, oh, this is how I piece the song together. I know where to start because he knew where to start and we just sat down and we we laid down the guitar and then and then we for like a scratch guitar track and then 
you know, one that we're not actually going to use. And then we made a drum part and then I went back and played the actual guitar part and you sort of do everything twice in a, in a way. And, uh, it was just such a illuminating experience to be like, Oh, Oh, oh this is how, this is how the, the pudding gets made. And so it, it was so cool to work with him. And he was, he's a quick work. His name is uh, Gowan Matthews and he's based in Oakland and he's a, He's the quickest producer I've ever seen in the sense of just like, you know, you don't sit around very long. Like you're sitting, you're working the entire time and he's so quick at editing. And I remember he had like foot switches that he could use to like highlight and like cut stuff. I don't know where, where that even comes from or where you get that, that sort of stuff. But we pieced it together so quickly, just like one thing on top of the other, on top of the other. And it just felt, felt sort of inevitable. Mm -hmm. Like all those, all those choices. Like, of course they would go together. Right. Yeah. And the first, the first moment that he laid electric guitar on it and this, you get this sort of overdriven tremolo sounding electric guitar. I was like, yes, that's, that's right. That's right. And then the, the little dobro solo is just like, it's beautiful. It gets me every time. So I love it. I think there's something really special as a songwriter about taking an idea to a producer. And I mean, it's essentially right. Like you're taking a naked skeleton. Yeah. And you're being like, here's what I got. Here's the framework. And they help you dress it up. Yeah. And occasionally Literally. you're like, okay, I like this clothes, but I think they need to be brighter. And so you'll redo it. Yeah. I Well, for this song, I really look at it as like he breathed life into it because he really did. Because it was, it was good. I, I mean, I liked, I like it, but, but like hearing it, with all of that, it's just like, this is how it's supposed to sound. And that's, that's a cool feeling. Yeah. When the stars align. Yeah. And you're like, this is, this is exactly what it was supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to get to hear all the instruments that Douglas and Gowan put on it. And it's, it's a really beautiful recording. You guys did a lot of really gorgeous things with it. Thanks. And I think that there's, you know, again, there's a there's an illustration, right? Like you capture over the course of the song moments that make up a relationship. And it sounds mm -hmm. like you sort of pieced together the song in the same way that you pieced together the story. Yeah, that feels right. That's going to be the theme of the song's creation. It felt right. It felt right. <laughs> so you waited a while to release it. Yes. And you said part of the reason you chose now is because it feels like people need a little love. Yeah. Yeah, I would say... That sort of the, some of the creative directions that I'm going now are not unrelated, but definitely different. Sonically, what I'm doing now on guitar and stuff like that is 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 um, it's a little bit more electric. There's a lot more reverb. There's there's a lot of things happening, but this feels really honest and stripped back, and it's. It feels, uh, just personally for me, it feels like one of those things where it, it feels like an old friend. So it feels, it felt good to come back to it. And I, it was on the urging of a friend who, who, who pushed me to release it. And at first I, I think I was a bit hesitant because of the, because of, you know, the time that it passed. And I think when you, you wait on a song, there's always the artist, the tormented artist that we are sometimes in our own head is just like, I, did I wait too long? I don't know if I waited too long and maybe I missed my opportunity. But this person said, um, no, you should, you should release it. And so, yeah, it felt right. There we, there we go again, back to the theme. And so, so I did. And, it, and, and then it just, I think it sort of resonates with the emotions I want to feel right now, having gone through last year and you know, as much as we want to pretend like 
that wasn't traumatic. It, it is, it was, it continues to be. So focusing on things like love and sweetness, that feels at least as something to aspire to. I think we're only beginning to scratch the surface and finding out how the past year has affected everybody. Yeah. But one of the coolest things I've seen over the course of the last year and a half is exactly what you're talking about, artists creating mm-hmm. or feeling called to release things that they had created before that hadn't really found a place and saying, okay, like this is the time. This is the time to put this kind of energy out into the landscape. Yeah. Well, I know for me, creating this past year was honestly a challenge. You know, and we, you sort of see those, the, the online personas that that we all can have from time to time and people who are just like i'm crushing it right now i'm so creative and being so productive and i didn't feel like that at all and i felt um i felt worn out and tired and isolated and lonely as i'm sure a lot of other people did and so when i feel those things i lean into learning that's what i start doing and and um i i really leaned into building pedal boards and recording from home and teaching myself really how to play lead where I didn't feel as strong in that before and kind of stepping out on a ledge and being like, I'm going to do this. And so I was creative. I just wasn't creative in ways that I'd been creative prior. That's interesting that you mentioned that. I had uh, Cherish Love Robinson on our other show, Journey of an Artist, and she was talking about how artists go through periods of preparation. And then those periods of preparation are followed by release. But what's difficult for us as artists is, A, there's so much pressure to be in a time of release. Sure. Everybody's always like, oh, what are you putting out next? What do you have? (laughs) Like, what are you going to promote? What do you have for us? What can you share? But sometimes, you know, we need those moments to sort of go inside ourselves and build pedal boards or (laughs) stare at the wall and be like, what do I see here? Or, you know, fill ourselves with someone else's creativity, like read yeah. books, listen to songs that we love. Groove on some Patty Griffin. I love Patty Griffin so much. So much. I'm just going to gush about her all the time. <laughs> she is a tremendous songwriter. Uh, have you ever heard that story about her? Her producer told her that she belts out too much. And so her first couple of records, he made her sing quietly. No. Yeah. And, and she had to find her voice quiet at first before he let her record a song where she really belted out. And I thought that that was so inspiring because I've had producers do the same thing, not, not the same thing, but a similar thing where they challenge you to do the opposite of what you're comfortable with. Yeah. And the sort of wild thing that you find, because I think of like some of her softer songs as some of, some of my favorite. Mm -hmm. And I love it when she belts it out. But I think about that, that she, had she not had that producer, maybe she wouldn't have found that voice. Well, and the contrast of, quiet and loud. I mean, I, that's one of the things that I love the most about her music is that every song feels a little bit like an emotional roller coaster. Uh-huh. You can feel all the feels over the course of three and a half minutes. Yeah. And they all feel organic. Whoever produces her vocals does such a good job of capturing all of the perfect imperfections. Oh, yeah. Like you can hear every change in tone. You can hear like the fraying edges of certain notes. And I just think mm-hmm. that's beautiful because so much... You know, we talk about producers who challenge us. One of the producers I had was like, you have this thing that you do where you want to sing perfectly every time, but a perfect song is not necessarily a good song because a perfect song might not make you feel anything. And I had never thought about vocals in that way. Yeah. I watched a video a couple of months ago and it it sort of 
talking about some of the most memorable guitar parts don't sound good if you isolate them. And they use like, uh, you really got me. And like, yeah, they recorded that through a broken guitar speaker. And I was like, that's all music is like that though, right? Because it's, or at least I think of the things that move me. And for me, music is something that if it doesn't move me, it doesn't, I don't think about it. Like I'm, I'm not interested in it, but if it moves me, it's got me and I'm there. So I, I wouldn't oddly enough would not call myself an innate lover of music. It just, I love it. If it moves me, if it can move me and if there's something in it, if there's a, a melodic hook or if there's a lyric or if there's a drum beat or a bass line or something that moves me, then I'm in. But if it doesn't have that, I don't care. I don't think that means you're not an innate lover of music. I think that just means you're an innate lover of what you believe to be music, which is something that is emotionally moving for either it has a great chord or either it has a really cool riff or a lyric that grabs you. And I mean, there are songs that I don't gravitate toward and then there are songs that I do. And I think there's something beautiful about falling into a song that you really care about or having a song grab you. Have you ever had that moment where you're like driving down the highway and you hear a song and you're like, what is this? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Or I'll have a playlist going or I have some random playlist going and and something pops up and I'm like, okay, remember this one because this is great. Yeah, I love those moments because it, it, it usually is when I'm discovering a new artist too. I am so thankful for those moments. And it also it shakes me, shakes me out of apathy or, or just feeling sort of mute. Yeah, I think that's, we talk about this a lot, but I think music gives you permission to feel. Uh-huh. In a world that often doesn't. Yeah, feelings are, they are something that we sort of look down on, as in our culture at least. I think it's, or or maybe, you know, the range of emotions that you feel are like, you can feel three emotions. You can feel happy, sad, or angry. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other things there in, in, in between. And they're all healthy things to feel at different times. And um, I'm so thankful that music makes me feel alive. You know, it, may, it reminds me that I I can feel a lot of different things. Yeah, I've I've been in situations where I've heard a song that really moved me and le- like legit pulled the car over and just sat on the side of the road and been like, "What is this?" <laughs> like the first time I heard "Up to the Mountain" was like that. First time I heard that song, it was actually not Patty Griffin doing it. It was, was a Kelly guy named Clarkson? No, it was a guy named Robbie C. And uh, he did a he had done a YouTube version of it, and they. The audio on it was fantastic, but he was playing it live out in like a forest and it's just him and his guitar. And it blew me away when I found out it was a Patty Griffin song. I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> and then I went and listened to her version and I'm like, this is amazing, too. <laughs> I I don't think I have ever heard a bad version of that song. Such a good song. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I guess just the two of us will start the Patty Griffin fan club. <laughs> well, more people should join and they're missing out if they don't also join. I mean, she played Granada Theater here in Dallas, and I, like a psycho, waited outside backstage. Did you meet her? I did meet her. She did come out. I, what was what was great was there was a very small gathering of us outside the tour buses mm-hmm. who were super nerds. Like there's some super nerd like musician things that I do. At the end of every show, I'll go up and thank the sound person because I understand that with 
a bad sound person. It doesn't matter how good the artist is. <laughs> that is true. And if you have a really good sound person, you can be a really terrible musician and still pull off a great show. Yeah. They have the capability of making you sound better than you are. So, yeah. So I go and I thank the sound person and they're always a little confused. But pre-COVID, they would shake my hand. And then and then I'll thank the security guards. On the I'm learning hand. a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I did I went out and I was like I wonder if she comes out I, you know pre-COVID I would make friends with whoever I was sitting around because I'm a hugger I'm southern that's what we do and so these girls were like I heard she'll come out and hang out with people who wait by the bus but she waits a little while so we've got to be patient and I was like I'm game let's find out let's yeah. do it I would love to meet Patty Griffin I think she's a genius so we did we waited and there were probably 10 or 15 of us and she came out and she has this tiny dog <laughs> what kind of dog I, it's like a chihuahua mix oh man it's a tiny tiny dog yeah. and the security guard was like guys she's not coming out guys she's not coming out we were like okay but she might she she might and lo and behold she did and she was the nicest person yeah. she was so kind she signed everybody's stuff she talked about some songs because people what's funny right is i feel like i grew up in the era of crazy pop music mm -hmm. and so a lot of what people talk about when they talk about music is oh my god they're so hot but with somebody like her when you really do cover the emotional gamut people come up and i'm sure you've had this happen where after a show somebody comes up and tells you that they're emotionally connected to something you've written sure yeah like your kitchen line. A kitchen lot. I get that. I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm no, no brags, but I do get a lot of feedback about that line and it, and it is, and you know, I'm happy. It's awkward sometimes. And that's just my awkwardness. That's not anybody else's awkwardness. That's just me being me and, um, being an introvert in an extroverted, uh, situation and having to feel my way through it. But, but it's, it's incredibly gratifying to hear that people connected to it. I think to some extent, as a songwriter, the reason I write songs are first for me to be able to express what I'm feeling, but but also I want people to hear what I write and whether they love it or hate it or they don't care. I, I just hope that something gets their attention and I hope it's something that that shakes them a little bit. I think in this case, it tends it tends to be a more positive feeling that people feel. And I'm really, really thankful for that. Mostly women express that it's probably a weird thing to walk up to another guy for some guys i i would do it but some guys wouldn't do it We'd call me like you know i really like that kitchen dancing line makes me think of dancing in the kitchen to another guy that's probably weird for some but i would say it <laughs> I, yeah i mean i don't know i feel like i'll tell people if i like something just because i kept playing because somebody said something like that to me yeah I mean, I think a lot of us, when we started writing songs, we started writing, you know, perhaps we started writing in our angsty teenage years when, if you think four years ago, had some melodrama that like 13, 14, <laughs> 15 age, like everything is the end of the world when you're 13, yeah. 14, 15. Well, I was a drummer at that point in my life. So it was a totally different kind of release for my angst it was just to beat stuff. But playing guitar, that felt more oddly, I mean drumming feels like a, a well-worn path and part of my life and and it feels like a big part of my identity and actually why i probably play music the way i do as a guitar player but when i started playing and singing because i'd always been a singer that felt more natural to me that felt more like myself i missed some of my angsty years and i grew up in, the, in like a lot of the people around me were listening to like hardcore music and stuff so i wasn't really that was not my, my jam and when I started to find songwriters, I'm like, oh, this is cool. What is this? 
Yeah, it sort of changed my experience. Felt right. I'm not going to say it, <laughs> but yes. I mean, I remember the first time I heard Sarah McLaughlin. I feel like I sat on my floor for a really long time being like, where has this been my whole life? <laughs> How did I miss this earlier? Yeah, Counting Crows' first record is like that for me. When I hear their first record, I'm like, "This is." there's a lot of lyrics happening here. There's a lot of art happening here. But I like all of it. And I don't consider myself a fan of them. But that first record would definitely make my my desert island list. It's a small list. Is it really? What else goes on the list? So I'm assuming Patty Griffin is somewhere on there. Yeah, I think her, is it 10,000 Kisses? Is that is that the name of the record? That record w would make it. And then uh, there's a record called Apologies by David Ramirez that would make oh. that list. Probably probably something from Motown, Marvin Gaye would make that list. Or um, Otis Redding would probably make that that list. It's a it's a short list. I'm 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 picky, but you know. <laughs> but you really love what you love. Yeah, I I do. I you know I think being somebody who writes music, I get caught in between the world of like the. I don't want to always listen to the same thing I listened to when I was in high school. Plus, music was kind of crap then. I mean, I'm not going to out my age, but <laughs> but in in the the time period that I was in high school, there was just it was just a sad. There was a switch over from one era of great music into some some crap music, and I say that in a really loving way because I still listen to some of that quote unquote crap music. And uh, yeah, I have playlists. I have made playlists from like stuff, you know, pre-high school that I'm like, I will listen to it. But then I get caught in this world where I also want to listen to something new. And so I will just put on something random and listen to it. And sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I don't feel, uh, this doesn't speak to me. But then the next thing, the next song will, mm. and it'll speak to me a lot. So I'm, I get stuck in between those worlds of like the old and the new and always wanting to learn. I'm not trying to stay current. I'm just trying to find what I like, you know? Yeah, and I think there's something to be said for the album for that purpose. Mm -hmm. Because you might not have liked the single. Sure. But I had I had plenty of records that I I was iffy on the single. I was like, I could get into this. Yeah. But you know, you'd throw the album on and there would be those three or four deep cut tracks uh -huh. that just moved you all over the place. Yep. I've definitely had those records for sure. I'm a fan of a good deep cut. So is this one gonna make it on a record? Maybe. Maybe the 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 sort of project that I'm working on right now is like I said, not it's not foreign to it, but it is different. And it is definitely like I would say this is probably a little bit more angsty. I think 2020 is has riled up in me some uh, some things I want to say and not to say that I deserve a platform more than anybody else. But it's more it's more of just like things I need to get off my chest of things I'm feeling around a pandemic and a lot of social situations in in our country in particular that uh, make me feel some kind of way maybe it will make it onto a record but it'll sound totally different if it does Ooh, so you would redo it yeah i would do i mean it, it i don't think the song would change i think i would need a, another producer to really push me in a direction with it but i i imagine it more of how i sort of play now with it with an electric guitar with some overdrive and some tremolo and really going for a, a, a more, you know, a, a, like a Jeff Buckley sound as opposed to some people say when they hear the single, it, like it reminds them of Jack Johnson, which I don't personally hear, but some people hear it and I've heard it multiple times. So I'm just going to take it <laughs> as, as whatever that is. But uh, yeah, I think it would sound 
probably more that avenue of of an electric guitar with lots of reverb and stuff on it as opposed to a really beautiful sounding acoustic so you would kind of laden it with the feelings of 2020 (laughs) i suppose so be more of a tragedy rather than a love song (laughs) I I think that there are gifts in this moment too. I mean, both of us are musicians who have spent time on the road Mm -hmm. and um, in the process of working on a song that has the line, honey, even if the world ends, I know what it feels like to be home. Yeah. Which is a feeling I didn't really have before. Yeah. And so I think there've been gifts in this moment. We've had the opportunity to slow down, to build pedal boards, to learn logic software and all of that. I truly being unemployed for three or four months was... As thankful as I was to get back to work, like I hadn't taken a vacation in several years. And to, to have that was at first I was like, wow, this rubs all of my my introvert sensibilities the right way. At first I was like, I'm all about this not seeing anybody and, <laughs> and, and waking up when I want to and having coffee, you know, every day. I also crave being close to my people. I actually just caught up with friends a couple days ago that I hadn't seen in it. Oh, since before the pandemic, and it was lovely to see them because yeah. they're such good friends. There are blessings in it. I mean, you know? even if the only blessing is that we appreciate the things we didn't before. Mm, totally. I think that's a huge part of, you know, and maybe those things that we didn't cherish before, we realize how simple they are. They are not big and flashy or whatever. They're they're small and they're intimate and they're they're close. There's closeness there. I, I think that that is the series of words I would attribute to the lyrics that you have in the song. Like intimate, close, familiar. That's how all of the verses feel. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean that sincerely, though. I think that's what's so beautiful and probably why you have a lot of women come up to you and be like, oh, that's dancing <laughs> line. Hopefully they like other lines. Um, I. It's funny. You mentioned being compared to Jack Johnson. I I feel like there are a lot of people who come up to songwriters and say oh you remind me of so-and-so yeah and in the beginning if i didn't like the artist that they were referencing i was like oh no (laughs) but i've learned (laughs) i've learned to say oh is that someone you like because if it's someone they like it's a compliment right well or i'll be like is that a good thing and they're like no i love that person and i'm like (sighs) right I think it's probably the time to out myself as not a Jack Johnson fan, <laughs> though I did gain a lot of respect for him. And listen, if you love Jack Johnson and you're listening, I love you. And I'm so glad that you love him. He's he's legit. He's great. Uh, he's just not my flavor. And it wasn't until actually uh, when I was back in California that I actually got high. Somebody heard me at a farmer's market, playing at a farmer's market, and they hired me to play their son's like fifth birthday which is the weirdest thing in the world, but it was, he so enjoyed my music and, and there were a bunch of kids. So I played a couple of kids songs. So, you know, they gave me a list of songs and there were some Jack Johnson songs from the Curious George soundtrack. Uh-huh. And I like learned some of the songs. I'm like, all right, I, it's weird that these songs would be the ones that would make me appreciate this man, but they, they were. So now I just, I look at it and I'm like, well, Hey, that's what that conjures for somebody. You know, they're just trying to, come at you with language that they have to express an appreciation. So if I sound like Jack Johnson on something, then so be it. And I'm cool with it. Thanks, Jack. Yeah. And like I said, if, if that's a positive association for them, that's a compliment. Mm-hmm. Whether you perceive it to be one or not, which is, I think, exciting. And yeah. And anytime that somebody remembers a line 
that you wrote as a songwriter, that's a huge compliment because that's the thing that stays with them. Yeah. I consider that that is when I know that I have something with a song. If I test drive it somewhere and somebody I've had it happen a couple of times at here in Nashville where I would be at a song like a, a writer's round or something and I sang a song and somebody re- like repeated the lyric back to me. I'm like, okay, if you caught that, then I'm on to something. So I feel like that's a it's a huge compliment. Yeah, I think part of what we want as songwriters is to write something that matters. Yeah. Something that lasts and something that is true in a way that somebody couldn't articulate. Because my favorite songs are the ones that say what I feel when I couldn't find the words to say it. Uh-huh. You know? Do you have an, an example of one of those? Oh, Not to put you on the spot. You're going to laugh at me when I give you the answer. No. <laughs> No, I would never. Uh, Yeah, I feel like that's not true. I mean, I think Up to the Mountain hit me that way because of when I heard it. I just, I think songs have a way of finding me when I need to hear them. Mm -hmm. So that was probably one for me. I remember sobbing the first time I heard you. She used to be mine by Sarah Bareilles, just like hysterically sobbing because (laughs) I felt so inappropriately, horrifically seen by that song. But there's a Taylor Swift song called last kiss that's a deep cut from speak now Uh and she has this line that goes so i'll go and sit on the floor wearing your clothes all that i know is i don't know how to be something you miss oh wow and i was like what a line like that was yeah all that i know is i don't know how to be something you miss i think there's a there's a line from a david ramirez song do you know, you know David Ramirez, right? You know I was I was going to out myself actually and say that if I were, I feel like I need to weigh in on this. Who does Douglas Allen remind me of comparison? And when I first heard Want to Be With You, it reminded me, do you know his Birmingham EP? Uh-huh. It reminded me of Mothers and Fathers and Deal Me In. Like it had that same feel to me, that same like easy, familiar, like favorite pair of jeans feeling. Well, that is a huge compliment. Thank you. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, he, Jack no, I mean, you can you can do that. Uh, actually, his his apologies record. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I f- first moved back to California, a buddy of mine who lives in Dallas actually, he's a drummer, and and we have always had parallel sensibilities with music. We 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 don't like the same things, but but we like things that are similar. And he sent me that record and this is back when everybody still had itunes and you would buy full records and you wouldn't just stream it but yeah he said uh just buy this record don't ask me any questions you're welcome and i bought it and it like deeply affected me as somebody who is somebody who's had a journey with faith and hearing that through his songs and hearing like the hard parts of that too and the beautiful parts of that but the, a couple years later he came out with another record and he had this this line that still sticks with me. He said, uh, I can't go to church because of my dirty mouth. I didn't get invited to the party because I'm too effing devout. And I'm like, that feels really on brand for me. You know, like I'm I'm not good enough for church and I'm too good to get to be with the, you know, the, the all the sinners, you know. Yeah, to get down in the rubble. Yeah. So, you know, I, I felt seen by that and I'm just like, oh, yeah, OK, that feels right. Yeah, Ani DeFranco is that artist too for me who just constantly says things in a way that I'm like, oh my God. She has this line that goes, I don't always feel lucky, but I'm smart enough to try. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, and I I love that. And I think as a songwriter and just as a human, I get so excited over lines like that. Yeah. Like I'm the dork who when I was a kid would like write them on post-its and put them up on my wall and look at them (laughs) and just be like, I'm surrounded by brilliance. (laughs) You know? That's not dorky. That's awesome. (laughs) 
But I think, you know, we all have that way of like marinating in things that really make us feel something. Because I think deep down, that's what we all really want is to feel yeah. alive. And that gives us a way to do it. Yeah, for sure. So there, there are lots of women who feel alive when they dance in the kitchen. <laughs> well, no, there but- are lots of guys that enjoy that too. And I'm one of them. I think that's beautiful. And I think that's your line about the dogwood tree is the one that got me. Yes. Well, that that really happened. Yeah. Berkeley, California. I was outside of a bar called the Starry Plow and I just played an open mic when that happened. Leave it to me to make a date out of playing an open mic. Just terrible. That's just a terrible date idea. Don't do that. For any guys listening, don't don't do that. Don't make if you're a musician, don't take a girl to an open mic. It's terrible. You guys came for the music, and now you're saying for the dating advice. <laughs> we give you all the things you want here at Journey for Song. You are welcome. It's it's such a songwriter thing to do, though, to be like, yeah, I'll go on a date, but I also really want to play this new song. I <laughs> two birds, one stone. Two exactly. birds, one stone. Let's, let's do it together. It's a great coffee spot. You'll love it. Just give me five <laughs> minutes. I got to go up on stage. I'll be right Have back. Have to hear the song I sing if you want to be with me. That's how it's going to go down. I mean, it kind of is. I mean, sort <laughs> of, no. sort of. Yeah, that's kind of, that's that's what you that's what you walk into when you date a songwriter. You're like, well, I have to be willing to have a song written about me, good or bad, and uh, I gotta listen to, I gotta listen to all the the trash in between the good ones. I have to be the first audience member always. <laughs> but yeah. I actually, you know, it's funny they asked. You're going to laugh at me for this reference, too. They asked Hanson, who have grown into really phenomenal musicians, by oh, the way. Oh, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. And like, they're Oklahoma boys. Yes, they I, are. I'm an, Tulsa. I'm an Oklahoma boy. Oh, so you guys have so, that in common. Yeah. So where where is home in Oklahoma for you? Durant. Durant, Oklahoma. It's a couple of hours north of Dallas. So yeah. su- Southern Oklahoma. I was actually born in Chicago, and then and then, but my mom was from Durant, and my dad and my mom decided to buy a farm. So I grew up on a farm outside of Durant. So I'm a I'm a weird mix of country and city boy. I've mostly lived in cities now at this point in my life, but but I have I have I grew up on a farm. So you hold on to the country in your heart. Yeah, I there are things that I miss about it. You know, I think I surprise people too because I'm I am such a city boy in a lot of ways. And when I tell people like, oh yeah, I grew up on a farm, they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> True story. How did you survive? Yeah, <laughs> I feel that. But Hanson, uh, they were giving an interview and somebody was like, could you ever date a fan? And Taylor, the middle one, was like, I think I could only date fans. He's like, I don't know if I could, you know, because they were talking about their wives and they were like, all of us are married to people who were fans first because I like this is what I do for a living. I don't think I could be with somebody who didn't love what I do the way that I love it or at least close to it. Yeah, I think I I think I definitely agree with that. I think that there's also part of it where like, you know, there's like a healthy fan and there's like an unhealthy fan. You want somebody who who listens to your stuff as objectively as possible and is honest with you. I've definitely dated people who didn't know what I was talking about and 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 then uh the other where where they do and and it's it's really I mean invaluable for somebody to be like that's not don't play that song. Don't play that song live. <laughs> Or <laughs> that's a terrible <laughs> line. <laughs> I think, you know, you want somebody who appreciates the good stuff the way you do. Yeah. And somebody who's not afraid to be like, I love the good stuff. This is not that. Yeah. But like, I mean, this, after I, I pick these... myself up off the floor, my emotions and stuff. 
but it's also helpful to have somebody who says to you, these aspects of this are salvageable. Like, this is uh -huh. a great line. This is a great line. I don't know about the line in the middle. Change right. that. But keep the other two. Yeah. Gowan, when I, I recorded another song with him, and it was actually one of the first songs he arranged of mine, he criticized a lyric. And, and he wasn't. He was just being a producer. He's like, you can do better than that. And, you're like, bold, and then he pushed bold. me, and I did. And then it made it into the final cut of that song. Uh, not not this song, but another song. And um, I need that push sometimes. And to have somebody who's a collaborator to tell you, like, no, you need to do better than that. And they're not telling you what it should be, but they are pushing you to, to revisit and rework. Like to um, say, I think there's something more original. Yeah, dig deeper. Dig mm -hmm. deeper. It's there. You can get it. So. So if you're listening and you want to date a songwriter, constructive criticism. Yeah, straight up criticism won't get you far, but constructive criticism. <laughs> constructive, or, yeah, straight up criticism. I feel like you're going to get yeah. a lot of, what the nerd. You just don't see me. You just don't <laughs> know me at all. <laughs> I am so grateful that you've put this song out finally, though, because I feel like there is a timeless quality to this. That Thank you can be honored by sharing it with other people. And I know that's always a scary jump, right? To release a song, even if you have somebody in your life who's like, release it, release it, release it. You're like, hey, but if you're wrong, we're going to have a chat. Yeah, this is on you. <laughs> <laughs> you made me do this. This better go well. No, I think, but I think there is a timeless quality to that sense of just wanting to be around somebody mm -hmm. um, that looks different now, like everything looks different now, but is still familiar in the ways that i think this song slides into all the right empty spaces so you've written a good one thanks Appreciate thank you that. for sharing it with us my pleasure and thanks for agreeing to come on and talk music and for us to uh start the patty griffin fan club yeah absolutely we took a deep dive there i really love it though i she's great she's, she's so good and i yeah so she's, many good songs she's she's a gem I saw her on tour with Aeneas Mitchell, and Aeneas Mitchell had just written Hades Town. Nice. Like, not released, but written Hades Town. And yeah. so the two of them duetted on Rain. That's, that is one of my favorite songs of hers, straight up. So, Patty Griffin's Rain. We're just going to have to link all this in the show notes so yeah. people can yeah. just go yeah. geek out on music with us. Um, so after you download Wanna Be With You, which is out now on all streaming platforms. So if you're thinking, where do I get this magical song? The answer is anywhere you want. You can also do a deep dive into some Patty Griffin and some David Ramirez. We'll have to link that too. I recommend starting with the Birmingham EP because Fires. So fires, good. Oh my God. It's been done in other places. Mm -hmm. But for me, the version that's just him and a piano. Oh yeah. Is... If you don't feel anything after hearing that song, I don't know what to say to you. True story. We might just have nothing to talk about. Awkward. For every guest on the show from now on, I'm going to be like, have you heard I could start fires? Yeah? Did it hit you in the feels? No? All right. The end. Um, <laughs> I have to go now. Show is over. <laughs> but yeah, so they did uh, They did Rain together. And then she did um, Why We Build the Wall with Patty Griffin playing accompaniment with her. And it was just... It was funny because I heard, I remember hearing it and thinking, oh, this is a really poignant song. I had no idea about Hadestown because mm -hmm. she had just released it as a concept album. Yeah. And yeah. So watching the Tonys last year, I was like, man, they really made something out of this number. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different song than I anticipated. Yeah. It was great. Well. 
people can find Want to Be With You on all streaming platforms, but they can also hear it here. But before we play it, if people want to continue to follow your journey, if they want to continue to hear what comes after Want to Be With You or um, this new project you've been working on, where's the best place for them to follow you? Well, you can go to my website. I still have one of those. It's uh, douglasallonmusic.com. Or if you're on Instagram, I am at Douglas Allen Music. You can also find me as Douglas Allen Music on Facebook and on Twitter. I am at I am Douglas Allen. Mm. Those are all those are all my socials. I'm also on TikTok, but I haven't quite I haven't quite ticked or talked enough. I've done a couple of things. I'm I'm still digging it. it also, want to be with you is also on TikTok. If Ooh. you didn't know. Has anybody uh, choreographed a dance? Uh, not yet, but I think maybe you should be the first one. Um, well, don't put that on me. <laughs> you don't want to see me dance. But to our listeners, I think you should. If there's somebody out there who has a calling to choreograph. Yeah, in the kitchen. Your name. Dance in a kitchen. That would be a great social media challenge. for this It song. would be. I'll think about that for content. <laughs> <laughs> content is king. It is. Um, so that's Douglas Allen, A-L-L-E-N. And you can find him at Douglas Allen Music on Facebook, on Instagram, DouglasAllenMusic.com. Yep. And then Twitter at ah. I am Douglas Allen. That's right. Excellent. I am so grateful for you taking the time and hanging out with us and talking music and playing. It's always a joy to see your face, friend. But I'm so glad to get to talk about your beautiful song. Thank you. It's always such a pleasure to see you and also an honor to be asked to do any kind of collaboration with you. So thank you for having me. Oh, right back at you. Right back at you. You guys stay tuned. There might be a collaboration in the works. But in the meantime, would you like to introduce your song? Yeah, I am Douglas Allen and this is my song, Want to Be With You. Outside the bar, out in the street, kissing by the dogwood tree, standing close under the blues. Makes me wanna be with you. Take my hand, come in close You know the kitchen dancing is what I love the most The way you sway and move Makes me wanna be with you
can't see the future Don't need a map Cause I'm just loving you in the moments as they pass Getting lost inside your eyes Makes me wanna be with you for joining me for this week's episode of Journey of a Song featuring the thoughtful and talented Douglas Allen. To follow Douglas's journey or to hear more about his upcoming projects, find him on Instagram at at Douglas Allen Music or visit his official website at douglasallenmusic.com. That's D-O-U-G-L-A-S-A-L-L-E-N music.com. For behind the scenes glimpses and more about Journey of a Song, follow me on Instagram at at Emmeline Music. That's at E-M-M-E-L-I-N-E Music. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, Journey of an Artist, wherever you listen to podcasts. Journey of a Song airs Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Deep LM Radio, and each episode is available as a podcast the very next day. Discover new music and hear fascinating stories with me, Emmeline, every Friday on your favorite podcast app. If you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. This is only the beginning, and I don't want you to miss a single minute of these inspiring conversations. If a picture is worth a thousand words... A song is worth a thousand stories.